Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, I'm Al, and we are the dueling club. Who are you? I'm Jen. You are, you are legit ready to change it every single time, every aren't you? Every time. Okay. So we're here. Yeah. So are our, our, our listeners, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. You know that I checked our Facebook stats this week and we've had like a hundred plus people come and, and like our Facebook page. So thank you for being here. Thank you for liking what we do. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. We love doing it and we love that you love it too. Yes. So like, follow, and subscribe. Like Keep page, coming. You're a cool person. Yeah. Even if you don't like our page and you just come to our page and check it out without pressing still the like cool button, person. still cool. But you know it would make you even cooler yeah. if you like, followed, and subscribed. You could stand to get an extra couple of cool points if you yeah. just like, follow, and subscribe. And listen to us wherever you want to listen to us. We're hosted on Podbean, so if you want to follow us there, that's that's cool. But if you don't, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Castbox, any of those will do. True. I got it in early. You did. But it flowed. It was good. I liked it. It was natural. Yes. So how are you doing? I'm a little tired. I'm a lot tired. Okay. I say a little to not like sound like I'm close to death, but I'm very, very tired. <laughs> I legit couldn't let you leave the room. Oh. Because I knew you would not come back. Listen, I would have come back. Begrudgingly. I would have hated myself for it. Yes. So this way you don't hate yourself. You're just chilling. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You think? Okay. Yeah. You think that's no, no, no. Nope. Nope. Continue. Nope. We're gonna keep going. Okay. So, anything new that you would like to discuss that we have not previously oh, discussed? Myself? No. I'm no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's old. Um, oh goodness. No, there's there's nothing. Um, Are you ever gonna use that? So. Our sister used to have this room when she lived here, and she had a TV mounted on the wall, and there is still a TV mount on the wall, but there is no TV mounted to it. I just don't know what size fits that, or else I'd get a TV just to fit that. Why don't you measure the holes, the distance between the holes that are there, and figure out a TV? Because most of them have the... the holes on the back where you can drill into it we'll see because you know what i would do what would you do in very coolness yes even though it'd be a waste of electricity have the tv on all the time and have like a flash drive or something or something crazy like plugged into it and they just play harry potter and like twilight and random movies just all the time that would be a waste of electricity i, I preface yes that would be a huge waste of electricity. True. Like, don't do it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know what I am thinking of doing? I'm thinking of getting a new desk. Like a desk with the little risers and everything. Because right now, and I think I've mentioned, like that. But I think I've mentioned it to you before. Mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I got the, the desk that I use now off of Facebook Marketplace for like $10. But it's a table. It's like a table with the foldable leaves, you know? Um, well, from here to here, including the riser and the LED and all the stuff, uh, Wayfair for like 160 We'll see. Because I want to get... I don't... This isn't necessarily my style. But something style. similar to this would be nice. And I just want to get more space. Because again, I mentioned it in the last episode... It's in the spare bedroom, the second bedroom, but I want something that's a little bit like lower profile, something smaller, but still functional to where it feels like it's not occupying as much space in that room. Because if I'm not working, I want whoever is staying there, whoever goes in there to feel like they have space, you know? Yeah. 
Not, I don't want them to be super duper comfortable to where they never want to leave because it's a guest bedroom for a reason. Like, don't you stay there forever? But I also want you to be comfortable while you stay there. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud at this point because I want to change things. It's fair. Yes. And you know who else wants to change things? Harry Potter. He wants to change things. He wants to know what the heck is going on in his world. Per what we just read. Your transitions Mm -hmm. make me hate existence. Listen, I'm tired and this is the best you get right now. Don't give me anything, though. Nope, too late. Already done. Less is more. No. So, what did <laughs> what do we know that's happened thus far? What has happened thus far? Harry had a magic leg thrown on him. Well, I wanted to say, Dementors, Dementors, again. No, that no? happened too long ago. If they forgot about it, there's other issues at hand. <laughs> but I got to say it anyway, so I'm happy. <sighs> Yeah, so he left He left for Privet Drive with members of the Order of the Phoenix. His guard mm-hmm. had a disillusionment charm on him. Magical egg that made him refract light, essentially. Yes. And become a, chame- a wizard chameleon. And now he made it to this little nondescript neighborhood in London. And he read on a piece of paper that said uh, the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix may be found at number 12 Grim Old Place, London. And that's where we are. So, Harry, the first thing he says is, what's the Order of the... Not here, boy, smiled Moody. Wait till we're inside. So he pulled the piece of parchment out of Harry's hand and sets it on fire with his wand. And as it curls into flames on the ground, Harry looks around at the houses again and out of nowhere in between 11 and 13, Grim Old Place is now a 12. Wasn't there before, but it was there. Yes, a dilapidated building yeah. appears in between 11 and 13. Well, not building, it's a house. The way that they did it in the, in the movie was interesting. They basically stretched out the, the row houses to put in the extra number 12. And like the muggles inside didn't feel it, didn't notice it. They were just cool. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially the way it makes it sound in the book. Also, a house is, is a building, by the way. Yes, I know, but it's not a... F- to me, when you say building, it sounds like a free structure, like a freestanding structure, as opposed to row houses that are all just... They yeah, share but- a wall. I, I just wanted it to be clear. That's all. Okay. Continue. Just remember, quick tip. Houses are buildings. Cool. Cool, thanks. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. Okay, so um, the advance guard usher him into number 12 yeah. remote place. Lupin tells him to get in quickly, but don't gar- go far inside and don't touch anything. Yes. Which is interesting to say to a teenager. At least he's not a little kid. If you tell a little kid not to touch anything. It's over. The first thing they do is touch everything. Yes. So, um, the dark interior is as run down and shabby as the outside. He describes it as smelling damp. Um, he can smell damp, dust, and a Swedish rotting smell. Like it's a derelict building. Um, that gives the impression of, like, moldy oldness. Yeah, 
I think it's not so much that it's moldy, but when you leave something closed for too long, it starts smelling musky and dirty. And some of it could be the beginnings of mold, but some of it is just, it's not, like think of the older buildings not being properly insulated and stuff just getting in. Pretty much. Um, so he's waiting and everybody else comes in behind him. Moody gets in and he releases the balls of light from the put outer or the deluminator. And they fly back to their bulbs uh, outside and inside as well. Moody limps inside, closes the front door so that the darkness in the hall um, is there like... It's just kind of weird looking. And that's when they take the delusionment charm off of him. And he feels it. He feels something hot trickling down his back this time. So like a hot egg. The egg got cooked. Yes. That's what it is. Cooked. You're done. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. You're okay. So he hears hushed voices around and he's got this feeling of foreboding. Like he feels like he's, he, he actually says he feels like he entered the house of a dying person. And then he hears the hissing noise of old fashioned ga- gas lamps being turned on. Um, and he looks at the insubstantial light over the peeling wallpaper and threadbare carpet of a long gloomy hallway where a cobwebby chandelier glimmered overhead and age-blackened portraits hung crooked on the wall. Like, dang, that is a, a an image, if ever you've heard one. It was pretty masterfully written, you know? <clears throat> it evokes this idea of just this building that I don't want to be in. Right? Yeah. I mean, no one wants to go into, like, a damp, smelly, musky place, but, like... With threadbare carpets and portraits that are blackened with age. Like, this place has not been taken care of. And that's where the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix is? That sounds weird, but okay. Um... He's looking down the hallway, and that's when he sees Mrs. Weasley. Good old Molly, right there. Um, She's beaming a welcome at him, and she's like, oh, it's so lovely to see you. You're looking peaky. We're going to need to feed you, but you got to wait a little bit, I'm afraid. And then she turns to the wizards, and and she's like, he's just arrived. The meeting started, and they all leave. Now, Harry, the meeting's only for members of the order. Ron and Hermione are upstairs. You can wait with them and then we'll have dinner. And he's like, but why? What? How? What? What's going on? And she's like, I'll explain later. I've got to hurry. I'm supposed to be at the meeting. I'll, I'll just show you where you're sleeping. And she points him to the room that he's going to be staying in. And she's like, don't touch anything. Bye. So he goes upstairs. Oh, well, don't touch anything. Bye. Ron and Hermione will explain everything. Uh, right? Yeah. I don't like, again, he wants information. He goes to where the information is. He goes to the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix, and he's excluded again. again. Dude. So, <sighs> he goes into the room, and Hermione starts. Harry, Ron, he's here. Harry's here. And she just goes a mile, like, she's just talk, speed talking. She's just talking at him. 
uh, we didn't hear you arrive. Oh, how are you? Are you all right? Have you been furious with us? I bet you have. I know our letters were useless, but we couldn't tell you anything. Dumbledore made us swear we wouldn't. Oh, we've got so much to tell you, and you've got to tell us. The Dementors, when we heard, and the Ministry hearing. It's just outrageous. I looked it up. They can't expel you. They just can't. There's a provision in the decree for the restriction of ma underage sorcery for the use of magic in life-threatening situations. Let him breathe, Hermione. Or she could try to breathe herself. I know. Mm -hmm. I tried to read it as fast as I could. Did it work? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It definitely... It, I definitely pictured Hermione. Yeah. So then he sees Hedwig. She was on top of a dark wardrobe. And then she gently lands on Harry's shoulder. Hedwig! And Ron says, she's been in a right state pecked us half to death when she brought your last letters <laughs> look at this and he shows harry his index finger on his right hand which sported a half healed but clearly deep cut let's just say this about hedwig she takes her job seriously hey he said harry said don't leave unless they write decent length letters peck them until they do it if you have to she was like that's what he said to do so I did it. I good bird. I do the right thing. Yeah. Good job, Hedwig. Good job. Um, and then Harry's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that, but I wanted answers, you know." And Ron does the same thing. He's like, "We wanted to. We really did. She was going. Hermione was going to tell you, but Dumbledore made us." And Harry cuts him off swear not to tell me yeah Hermione's already said that so basically the comfort he felt from seeing his friends at that point is immediately replaced with this icy flood just of in the frustration pit of frustration annoyance like anger hurt like just all kinds of things because again he just went through a lot and they realize that this is what's happening and they're like yeah we don't really know we haven't been really told much of anything either but we've gotten little bits and pieces um the people that you saw are part of the order of the phoenix but we're not involved we haven't been involved because they don't let us be and like Harry starts asking them, so why is Dumbledore so keen to keep me in the dark? Did you uh, bother to ask him at all? And they're getting a little bit weird about it, you know? Like, they can see that he's behaving just the way that they thought he would, that they feared he would. And he doesn't want to, but the way that they're acting isn't helping his temper. Like, he can feel himself getting angrier. And Ron is like, we told Dumbledore we wanted to tell you what was going on. But he he's really busy, especially with what's happening. And he said owls might get intercepted. Uh, Harry's just like, yeah, but you still didn't tell me. And this is where Harry starts losing it. Because they're like, yeah, but we don't know what's happening any more than you do. And Ron does the whole thing where Harry's spinning himself into this unhappiness, into this state of fury, unhappiness, disgust, whatever you want to call it. All of the above, really. Or he's like, I don't understand why he wouldn't tell me. Maybe he thinks I can't be trusted. And Ron says, don't be thick. Like, don't be dumb. You don't say that to someone who's mad right no you harry has just gone through a whirlwind of emotion mm -hmm. and they're gonna lay more on top of that yeah bro no yeah so basically after the don't be thick he's like or that i can't take care of myself of course he doesn't think that said hermione an anxiously so he's like so how come I have to be at the Dursleys while you two get to join in on everything that's going on here? And, and all the fun that's happening. He's like, 
what fun. No, he says everything that's going on here. How come you two are allowed to know everything that's going on? Mm-hmm. And Ron interrupts, we're not. We're not allowed to be near the meetings. She says we're too young. And this is when Harry loses it. I'm not going to yell, but it's in all caps, so you know he's mad. Do you want to read it or should I? I'm, uh, I'm scrolling down for it right now. Okay. Uh, so you haven't been in the meetings. Big deal. You've still been here, haven't you? You've still been together. Me, I've been stuck at the Dursleys for a month, and I've handled more than you two have ever managed, and Dumbledore knows it. Who saved the Sorcerer's Stone? Who got rid of Riddle? Who saved both your skins from the Dementors? Who had to get past dragons and sphinxes and every other foul thing last year? Who saw him come back? Who had to escape him? Me. Well, why should I know what's going on? Why should anyone bother to tell me what's been happening? And Hermione tries. She's like, Harry, we wanted to tell you we really did. Can't have wanted to that much, can you? Or you'd have sent me an owl, but Dumbledore made you swear. Well, he did. Four weeks I've been stuck in Privet Drive, nicking papers out of bins to try and find out what's been going on. We wanted to. I suppose you've been having a real laugh, haven't you? All hold up here together. No, honest. And Hermione is like, Harry, we're really sorry. And she's on the verge of tears. You're absolutely right, Harry. I'd be furious if it was me. And at this point, Hedwig left Harry's shoulder and flew up to the wardrobe again to get away from this. And Pig is flying around in like this anxious little frenzy because the, the stuff hitteth the fan. Yeah. I mean, this is... The thing is, is like... They can't think this wasn't going to happen. They knew this was going to happen. It's an inevitable thing. Maybe not to the degree that it happened, because, like... I don't think they view Harry as someone who is, like... So volcano-y. You know what I mean? Where the pressure builds and builds and builds and he just erupts. That's not a side of Harry that we've seen before. This is definitely... Again, we're into puberty teenage years so it's that plus ptsd and frustration yeah like you the you have to see it also from his point of view of being stuck at with the dursleys he's he's part of two worlds that for most people run seamlessly together you know Hermione doesn't have to hide the fact that she's magical from her parents. They know. They encourage her to do her thing. Um, They seem like those kinds of parents, you know, from the little bit we know about them. Ron's parents, they are not in the muggle world at all, but they don't stop him from learning about it. For goodness sakes, his dad is a muggle lover. Like, he loves everything muggle. So he knows a little bit about the muggle world. So he's able to live fully in the magical world and know bits and pieces about the muggle world. But Harry, when he's not at Hogwarts, there is no magic in his life. None. The Dursleys don't allow him to to do anything magical. They don't even allow him to mention the word magic. True. So here he is, having done, having escaped with his life from Lord Voldemort, a returned Voldemort, and now, boom, you're back at Privet Drive and you get no magical information whatsoever, even though you know something is happening. Something has to happen, you know? Like, it's not okay. So... You knew that it was going to happen. You knew that he was going to lose his mind because no one is talking to him. Yeah. Well, no one is telling him anything relevant. Yeah. They're still not telling him anything relevant. No. Which is why he gets up, he starts pacing, he's like, what is this place? And they're like, the the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix. Is anyone going to bother to tell me what the Order of the Phoenix is? He doesn't get to say is, because Hermione's like, it's a secret society, Dumbledore's in charge, he founded it, it's the people who fought against you-know-who last time. He asks who's in it, quite a few people, 
says Hermione. And then we've met about 20 of them, but we think there are more. Well, Harry demands. Uh, well, what? Voldemort. What's happening? What's he up to? Where is he? What are we doing to stop him? And that's when Hermione's like, we've told you the order doesn't let us in on their meetings. So we don't know details, but we've got a general idea. She adds because she adds really fast because of the look on Harry's face. Fred and George have invented extendable ears. See, they're really useful. Basically, the way that they showed it in the movie is the way that I imagine it. Two ears on a string. Yep. So that you can put one in one place and hear what they're saying. Um, they had to stop using them because mom found them and went berserk. So they had to hide all of them so that their mom wouldn't throw it away. Um, we know some of the order are following known Death Eaters, keeping tabs on them, you know. Some of them are working on recruiting more people to the order. And some of them are standing guard over something. They're always talking about guard duty. Couldn't have been me, could it? Said Harry sarcastically. <laughs> and Ron, goodness, God love him. But he's super dense sometimes. Because at that moment he realizes, oh yeah, yeah, it, it probably was. Um, so what have you two been doing if you're not allowed in meetings? He demands. You said you've been busy. We have. We've been decontaminating this house. It's been empty for ages and stuff's been breeding in here. We've managed to clean out the kitchen, most of the bedrooms, and I think we're doing the drawing room tomorrow. And that's when Fred and George apparate in. I love the idea of apparating and disapparating so much. Mm -hmm. So Hermione yells, stop doing that. And George is like, hi, Harry. We thought we heard your dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah. If you mean yelling at the top of your lungs is dulcet. Absolutely. So Harry grumpily says, you passed your apparition test then? With distinction, says Fred. Um, so... They're talking about the extendable ears and how they're going to use them. And, you know, Ginny walks in and she's like, oh, hi, Harry. I thought I heard your voice. And she's all happy and she walks in and they're talking about the extendable ears. And she's like, you can't use the extendable ears. They've put an imp imperturbable charm on the door. Basically, nothing's touching that door. Nothing's getting in. They can't put the extendable ears under it. It's just what it is. Right, Al? Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, and Snape is there. Harry's like, Snape is here. Well, he's part of the order, remember. Dumbledore's crew. Yeah. Included Snape, unfortunately. Yeah, but I don't he's... know. Okay. I'm gonna stop you really quick and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it. So people have a real distaste for Snape throughout this entire series, including you. Mm -hmm. um, and the reasoning is very sound. And it's because he bullies children. Yes. No matter what good you can possibly be doing, the fact that he is bullying a child for the sake of bullying or to sort of rectify... Or, or, or because that that kid embodies something that you are against, whatever. It's still a child that, like, like, like in in the terms of of uh, in case of Neville, there is no reason for him to bully Neville. In what universe has Neville done something to deserve to be bullied by someone who is supposed to be protecting him and looking out for him and teaching him? I stopped allowing people to tell me Snape is a redeemable character because of this and this and this I stop them every single time and say there is never a reason why a, a student's bogart a child's bogart the thing that they fear most in this world 
There's never a reason why it should be a teacher. The fact that Neville's Boggart, the thing that he fears the most in this world, is a teacher of his, I will never forgive Snape. I will never think he's a redeemable character. As an adult, as a 30-something-year-old adult, there is no reason why you should be treating uh, an 11, a then 11 year old, obviously he's grown along with the books. There is no reason why you should treat a child so badly that he's terrified of you. Right? Yeah. No, there, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for making this child dread you as as a being as mm-hmm. as as a as a someone who's in a position of power yeah a child their safety's in your hand and you're the thing they fear most yeah i so i you can like him as a character you can like the complexity of the character you can think he has a redemptive arc you can think whatever you want about him and you can have your opinion i think he's trash i don't think he's trash i think he's trash i think that he is very flawed and I don't think the good things that he does soften the bad. But I also don't think, like, I don't know, the bad is wholly condemning. Because the one person he does believe who is Neville is unfortunately someone who already has a low self-esteem because of his home life. But we're not going to but we can't pretend that Neville's the only person he bullies. He bullies everyone that isn't a Slytherin. And and we have multiple examples of it throughout the books. Yeah, but we don't he, see, he goes after the trio because the trio includes Harry. And we know why he bullies Harry. Yes. But outside of the trio, he constantly belittles all of all anyone who isn't a Slytherin. If you're not a Slytherin, he doesn't care about you. Well, the only real favoritism he shows towards Slytherin, uh, Slytherin um, students, is towards Malfoy. No, because, because he, when he Pansy even... Parkinson pulled out the magazine about Hermione, well, that that's. And then when they did the teeth thing... Looking the other way. And that has to do with Malfoy again. It had to do with Crab and Goyle, too. Crab and Goyle were were hit, but they weren't taken into account. Malfoy was taken into account, and that's when he made Hermione hate herself for a good minute there. Which, again, also... Terrible. Unforgivable. But that's not unforgivable, it's just terrible. No... There's no reason why an adult should be making a a teenage girl feel bad about herself. There's no reason. True. Especially if you're her teacher. Teachers are supposed to be uplifting. If you're a teacher and you're not uplifting, maybe you need to find another job. True. I'm not going to let that go. I'm sorry. I get that you're trying to make it sound like he's not a wholly terrible and and crappy character I don't believe it not even for a second and there is no convincing me otherwise I guess sorry not sorry well back to the order of the phoenix yes um Snape is there uh Snape is there you know who else is there who Bill Bill ended up stopping his work in Egypt and he took a desk job um, at Gringotts essentially so that he could work for the order 
he misses his tombs, but there's other compensation. And we're like, what do you mean, other compensation? Well, remember good old Fleur, Fleur de la Coeur from Beaubaton? Well, she got a job at Gringotts to improve her English. And Bill's been giving her a lot of private lessons, says Fred. Oh, so apparently, you know, Bill and Fleur are a thing. And Charlie is in the order too, but he's still in Romania because Dumbledore is trying to get foreign wizards in as much as possible. So Charlie's trying to make contacts on his days off. So apparently all the Weasleys are involved. Every single Weasley. Um, and that's when, well, or not, because that's when Harry says, couldn't Percy do that? And that's when all the Weasleys and Hermione exchange darkly significant looks. And Ron says, whatever you do, don't mention Percy in front of mom and dad. Um, and he asks, why not? Because every time Percy's name is mentioned, dad breaks whatever he's holding and mom starts crying. We find out that Percy and, Do and, and Arthur Weasley had a big fight and mom was shouting dad was shouting it was the first week back after term ended um percy came home and said that he was promoted uh which was interesting because he got into a load of trouble about crouch but and there was an inquiry and everything and but percy got promoted he got everything he wanted and he came home really pleased with himself and dad told him Arthur told him he'd been offered the position in Fudge's own office so that Fudge could keep an eye on him um, and Fudge was storming around the ministry checking that nobody had any contact with Dumbledore Dumbledore, he said, and Fred says, Dumbledore's name is mud with the ministry these days. They all think he's just making trouble saying you know who's back. So that's what the argument was with Percy. Um, he, he basically, Arthur said, Fudge wants Percy in his office that, so that he can spy on the Weasleys because he knows that the Weasleys are in good with Dumbledore. Um, and Percy was like, no, I got it on my own merit. And he said a bunch of terrible things. That he's been struggling against Dad's lousy repu reputation ever since he joined the ministry and that Dad, meaning Arthur, has no ambition and that's why they've always been Basically, Ron doesn't want to say that they've always been poor, but he says that they haven't had a lot of money. And Harry's mad and angry. Um, angry. Ginny is angry, and she makes a noise like a loud, angry cat. So I'm, I'm assuming she hissed. Um, and then it got worse. Where Percy called his dad an idiot to run around with Dumbledore and that Dumbledore was heading for big trouble and dad was going to go down with him and that Percy knew where his loyalty lay and it was with the ministry and if mom and dad were going to become traitors to the ministry he was going to make sure everybody knew he didn't belong to their family anymore and he packed his bags that same night and left and that he's living in London now what an idiot in the words of Hermione Granger you know me I don't like calling people names like that like I don't I don't think it's okay to to challenge people's intelligence yeah everybody has some form of intelligence it may not be you know book smarts but maybe it's emotional intelligence maybe you're really good at reading people's 
emotions, body language, things like that, and you're able to help them with that. I think everybody has some form of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're really good at sports. Physical intelligence is awesome. Not everybody can figure that out. You know? We need all kinds in the world. So to talk about somebody's intelligence in a derogatory manner makes me really upset. So I can't believe... I, I, I just don't... I don't get it. I don't get how Percy could do that. And... That's when Harry's like, I don't understand. You know, Ron is like, Mom's in a right state. Uh, she's crying all the time. She came up to London to try and talk to Percy. But he slammed the door in her face. And Harry's like, but Percy has to know Voldemort is back. He's not stupid. He must know your mom and dad wouldn't risk everything without proof. And that's when Ron is like, yeah, well, your name is getting dra dragged in the mud, too. Percy said the only evidence was your word. And I don't know. He didn't think that was good enough. Apparently, Percy takes the Daily Prophet seriously. And Harry's like, what do you mean? And Hermione's like, have you been reading, reading it, it from thoroughly? Yeah, because Harry has only been reading the cover, not mm -hmm. from cover to cover, you know? So he's missing the snide comments that keep being brought up about his, um, I guess, authenticity, his... The, she says they just slip him in there like a standing joke. And yeah. Hermione's like, it's quite nasty, actually. They're just building on Rita's old stuff. Um... And that's when Harry's like, well, has she said anything new? No, she's keeping her promise. Remember the promise where she can't write about them for a year? Yep. So basically it's, well, they're writing about you as though you're this deluded, attention-seeking person who thinks he's a great tragic hero or something. They keep slipping in snide comments about you. If some far-fetched story appears, they say something like, a tale worthy of Harry Potter. And if anyone has a funny accent or anything, or anything it's... Let's hope he hasn't got a scar on his forehead or will be asked to worship him next. And Harry's like, I don't want anyone to worship me. And Hermione's like, I know. I know you don't. Yeah. And it's like, I know, Harry, but they have to do something. And we know Fudge is behind it. It's the best way to discredit him because it's, I think, the most popular newspaper in the Wizarding World. Yeah. At least in this side of the Wizarding World. Yeah. And everyone reads it and takes it for fact. As you can see with um, Rita Skeeter's old articles, which are completely ridiculous. Well, and not even just to talk about magical people. Let's talk about what happens in the real world, in the muggle world. Where the first thing you do to make somebody less, less influential mm -hmm. is to try to discredit them in any way you can. Yeah. You you start slinging the mud. You make a joke out of them so that that way, whatever authority they hold is undermined. That's what they're doing to him. They're doing it to a 15-year-old boy, but they don't care. It's far easier to discredit a 15-year-old boy than to acknowledge that maybe he's right and the, the 15 years of peace you've had thus far or 14 years of peace that you've had thus far are now over. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask. I didn't want. Voldemort killed my parents. I got famous because he murdered my family but couldn't kill me. Who wants to be famous for that? Don't they think I'd rather it had never we know, Harry? Um, so, of course, they didn't report a word about the Dementor, the Dementor attack. Of course, because then they'd have to say he broke the statute of secrecy and that he got expelled, but didn't get expelled. Well, but... no, because then they have to explain how the Dementors got there. Exactly. That's that's the whole thing. They want to keep everything a secret that they can, because if something se seems weird, then maybe it's almost like giving credence to Harry's story. Right? Yeah. Much better to just continue to discredit him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're expelled, obviously they'll they'll write about it. 
but you really shouldn't be not if they abide by their own laws there's no case against you but i mean that's not really going to help harry at all no. feel any better nope so uh fred hears something he gives the extendable ears a tug and there's another loud crack and he and george vanish second later seconds later mrs weasley appears in the bedroom doorway telling them that the meeting is over and that dinner is happening now and everyone is dying to see harry and they uh, and she asks who's left all those dung bombs outside the kitchen door and jenny's like oh crookshanks he loves playing with them yeah i miss crookshanks this is the first time we've heard about him in crookshanks has been gone for a while an entire book yeah yay crookshanks so, um, yeah, the meeting's over. Mrs. announces dinner. In the hallway, Tonks knocks over an umbrella stand. The noise apparently disturbs something in the hall. Curtains- Hold on. Before you do that, Mrs. Weasley says, oh, it was Crookshanks. Cool. I thought it was Creature. He keeps doing things like this. We get a mention of Creature, but we don't find out who Creature is. In the, um, the movie, we already saw Creature. Yeah, we did on his way up. Yes, on on his yeah. way up, but we don't, but we haven't no. yet. So this is the first mention of creature, and yeah, yeah, and and whose creature, the house elf, the house elf who lives here, Nutter, never met one like him. He's not a Nutter, Ron. His life's ambition is to have his head cut off and stuck up on a plaque, just like his mother. Is that normal, Hermione? Well, well, if he's a bit strange, it's not his fault. So again, Hermione and her spew, her society for the protection of el- elvish welfare. welfare. Yeah. I was going to say warfare. That's a whole other different thing. Elvish warfare. <laughs> oh. No, I... You know, I like it. Yeah. Um, And she's like, well, and Dumbledore says that we should be kinder to creature as well. But we find out later why, um, and we won't really mention it now, but Creature is a house elf there, so obviously he's been in that house, and if the house looks like it's falling apart, that it's been left alone for too long and derelict, what does that mean for Creature? That means that Creature's been left alone for too long. Well, that means that Creature hasn't been given... Any orders to maintain the house? Yeah. Because without orders from his family, without orders from their family, what is a house elf to do? Nothing. Yep. So to serve their masters, but if their masters aren't there, from what we can tell, what are they going to do? Um. So they are going down. They leave. Snape is gone. He never eats there. Um, Mrs. Weasley tells Harry to tiptoe across the hall. It's through that door there. And Tonks <sighs> crashes. and She's clumsy. She trips over stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is when we hear the horrible, ear-splitting, blood-curdling screech mm-hmm. of... Where, let me see if I can get it from the book actually instead because I have I have it open to the thing but yeah um, the uh, mothy in velvet curtains Harry had passed earlier had flown apart but there was no door behind them for a split second Harry thought he was looking through a window a window behind which an old woman in a black cap cap was screaming and screaming as though she was being tortured. Then he realized it was simply a life-size portrait, but the most realistic and the most unpleasant he had ever seen in his life. Yeah. And and what was she screaming? Filth, scum, byproducts of dirt and vileness, half-breeds, mutants, freaks, be gone from this place. How dare you befoul the house of my fathers? So, 
it turned out that she that Tonks had tripped over a heavy troll troll's leg. Well, and they're just leaving. Well, as um, Lupin and Mrs. Weasley try to close it, that's when she starts yelling that. And Tonks is apologizing, and that's when a familiar voice yes. comes up and, Shut up, you horrible old hag. Shut up, he roared, seizing the curtain Mrs. Weasley had abandoned. The old woman's face blanched. You, she howled, her eyes popping at the sight of the man. Blood traitor, abomination, shame of my flesh. I said, shut up. And with tremendous effort, he closes it. Well, him and Lupin. Stupendous effort, God. I said tremendous. Close enough. The old. Uh, I'm gonna read the, the final bit. Yes. Okay. The old woman's screeches died, and an echoing silence fell. Panting slightly and sweeping his long dark hair out of his eyes, Harry's godfather, Sirius, turned to face him. "Hello, Harry," he said gently. "I see you've met my mother." He said grimly. Grimly. Sorry. It's okay. Same you know way. what? Both. They they both could have worked there a little bit actually. Yeah. Gently, because it's Harry. Grimly, because he's... Well, gently, yes, to not wake her up again. Yes. And grimly he is talking to he Harry. Grimly, because he had to deal with Yeah, yeah. He, he went from dealing with his mother, who was... A lovely human a, being. A living gargoyle, basically. <laughs> in, in, in a painting. To one of, the favorite, one of his favorite people. Yeah. See? Writer. It works. It does. But read it as written. Grimly, then. Yes. You never let me have fun. Yeah, I'm the older sister. It's what I do. True. True. I let you have tons of fun. Don't you yeah, dare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's the end of this chapter. Yes. <sighs> so, we know what Grimald Place is. We know what the it's people the, in, It's the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix. Yes, we know what the people in Grimald Place have been doing. Cleaning it. Yes. Well, that's what the kids have been doing. Yes. And the adults have been the, the Order of the Phoenix. Members. Yes. <sighs> and, um... We've what met... did she say? Shame of my flesh. Yes. So we've Damn. met Creature. We've met Mrs. Black. Ugh. <sighs> Um, and they're about to have dinner. Yes. In this place that has had things breeding. Yeah. In it. It. I think that the really cool thing is that. See, so remember all the detail we get in like book one with world building. Mm-hmm. We get like just as much, and it's just the this on Grimald Place. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Ugh. It's pretty neat, though. Yeah, and we got the return of our of some of our favorite characters like Lupin Sirius. and Sirius. Yes, Lu- I I like Lupin more than Sirius. Uh, it's because you're wrong. No. Yes. He's he's a better character in my opinion. I completely disagree because of what he does in Deathly Hollow Dragon. Okay, that I understand. Bye. However, <laughs> however. Uh huh. Slight spoiler. Redemptive arc. Yeah. So. Only ever so slightly. Because like. No, no, no. Yes, completely. Anyway. (sighs) That is all. Yes, yes, yes. We are done with this episode. We love you very much. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you later. Nice one, James. How dare you. (laughs) How dare you. These are the things that I do. Bye, everyone. Bye. How dare you? I dare.